This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're going to talk about how your actual spending impacts the overall market. So think about that. The amount of money that you spend out of the cash you've accumulated or the wages that you have, it actually does have an impact on the overall market, which means that your own spending to some degree actually has an impact on your own portfolio. So I want to talk a little bit about how that all interconnects and help you understand a little bit about why there's so much talk in the media right now about consumer spending and why it's considered such a big deal that people aren't spending as much money right now. Okay, so understanding the correlation about this really all comes down to understanding how GDP is measured. Now, I know that probably sounds like a super boring thing to think about, how GDP is measured, gross domestic product, But the reality is that GDP makes a massive impact on everything in the American economy. So gross domestic product, really what that's trying to do is calculate the total value of goods and services that are produced by our economy. So what is the value of that? That's how we know as a nation, as a country, how we're basically doing. Now, there's a, there's a section of the government that's called the Bureau of Economic Analysis, and they are who calculates GDP, and there's really four major components of it. We have private investment, so the amount of money being invested into different things. We have government purchases of goods and services, so how much money is the government spending on purchasing things? We have net exports, and that one, you know, you've probably heard a lot about more recently in the last couple of years. Net exports would mean how much are we exporting versus importing. And then the last one is personal consumption expenditures. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the big one. That's the big one. Personal consumption expenditures include all of the goods and services that we as Americans buy. What are the things that we spend our money on? What are the services that we pay for? And here's the kicker. That technically accounts for 70% of the GDP. So that's why it's a big deal. That's why it matters how you spend your hard-earned money is because collectively how we all spend our money makes up 70% of America's GDP. Now, that hasn't always been that high. In fact, back in the 70s, it was more likely to be around 60% of the GDP. So over time, the weight of the GDP, the weight of how you spend your money has gotten more important. And I think that that's kind of fascinating. I think that it's really, really great to know as a consumer and as an American that how we spend our money influences everything. So basically what that's saying is every time you spend money, you're voting with your pocketbook. (laughs) And I think that's a good thing to know. So there's a couple of things that I think are really good to be aware of when it comes to actually spending. So the reality is that oftentimes 
consumers spend a lot more money during bull markets. And bull markets, of course, are when the stock markets are moving forward and going up. And that's because people usually in a bull market feel like they're making more money, they feel more confident about the economy, so they're willing to part with some of their hard-earned cash. They also tend to feel wealthier because they're seeing their portfolios rise in value. So bull markets tend to kind of instigate spending, which makes sense. Now during bear markets, meaning when the market is down and usually down for a period of time, that usually means the economy isn't quite doing as well. And what we see is that spending recedes, okay? We see people spending less. And it's because people see losses in their portfolio, so they lose their confidence about their wealth, and they start to feel more like cash is king, like they better hold on to that cash just in case. So it has kind of a double whammy effect on the spending because you get more skittish about spending your cash as you see markets go down. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it completely plays into human nature about how we spend money based on how we're feeling about our money. So when we see good markets happen and we see more consumer spending, we usually see this investor confidence in stocks leading to more activity, leading to more purchases, which push the stock prices higher. And when people see stock prices get higher, they tend to invest even more into the stock. So it's kind of like this unique self-completing circle, right? The better it does, the more you put out there, which makes it do better, the more you put out there until there's an event, which makes it go the other way. And while it's going the other way, while it's going down, the less spending you do, the less money that you put out there, which drives stock prices down, and then the less money you put out there even more, which drives them further down. So you can see how cyclical this really is. So the market movement has a very, very dramatic impact on consumer spending because of the confidence about people's wealth and about how much cash they feel like they need to really have on hand because of their confidence in the economy. Now, here's the thing, too, that really plays into it is when you spend less on goods and services, when you go out and buy less stuff, then businesses start to invest less, too. They build fewer factories. They hire fewer employees. They spend money on less expansion. So when you spend less money, there is a trickle-down effect to where businesses spend less money. And when businesses spend less money, then less money is earned by the consumers. (laughs) So again, we have this really quirky circle going on. Your spending patterns influence the businesses, which then comes right back full circle to your job security and your wage levels, and things like that. We also see when businesses spend less money and consumers spend less money, that there's less taxation happening. And when there's less taxation happening, that means the government is bringing in less money. And so then they start spending less as well. So again, there's another circle in there that all ties back to how you're spending your money. So basically what you choose to do in the long run, what we all choose to do with our money, not only impacts the GDP, 
because of the consumer spending piece of it, but it directly impacts in the long run how much businesses are willing to spend and how much the government is actually going to spend. So my point here is this is all very, very connected. As consumer spending gets less, other parts of the economy will get less with it. As consumer spending expands, other parts of the economy will expand with it. So let's think about what's happening right now in the world because of this COVID-19 economy that we're in. We are seeing a situation where for a couple of months now, we've had massive contraction in your spending. I think that a lot of you listening out there have spent way less money the last couple of months than what you would normally have spent if the world would have just gone on the same way that it had been. We are seeing so many less expenses in a lot of areas. Now, there's some areas that more spending has happened, and we're going to talk about what some of these things are in the second half of our show today, but we saw a breakdown in the willingness of consumers to spend money, and we saw a huge sentiment shift to where cash was king where people wanted cash. They didn't want to invest it. They didn't want to part with it. They wanted cold, hard cash in their hands. And that has had an obvious impact, along with the fact that businesses were shut down, no doubt about that, but that's had an obvious impact on the markets. So now that we're seeing some states start to reopen, now that we're seeing that happen in phases in certain areas, in certain industries, And in some places, we're seeing the entire state being completely reopened, depending on what's happening in their own state governments, we are going to see a rise in consumer spending because things are reopening. So like I basically made the connection earlier, the more you spend, the better the economy does, That is why many economists are beginning to predict that we should see an uptick in the economy. Right away? Probably not. Might not be tomorrow, next week, maybe even next month. But many of the major economists, such as the Earnest Research Company, are predicting that we are going to see economic turnaround happen either in the third or fourth quarter, possibly as long as Q1 of 2021. There's obviously a lot of wild cards, but as the economy reopens, spending is going to start to happen again. Your spending, business spending, and government spending. Now, (laughs) government spending has certainly been happening at such a frantic pace to prop up a lot of things in the economy that we're not quite sure what the long-term impact of that's going to be. More taxes? Probably likely, but who knows what's going to happen with that. But because things are reopening, we're going to see that business investment tick up, we're going to see you spending more money, and we're going to see less of a dependence on cash being your main priority as we see things begin to stabilize. So what might throw that off? resurgences of the virus certainly could. It coming back again when we have reopenings happening that are creating additional exposure. If there is virus that comes back in the fall and we have another wave of this, that should certainly impact it. However, markets and consumer spending are inexplicably tied together. It is all interconnected. (laughs) 
Congratulations to Mary Stirk for being named the 2020 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list for the third year running. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, where today we're talking about how you spend your cold hard cash actually impacts not only the markets, but the GDP of our country. So we talked about how they're all very interconnected because consumer spending really does account for up to 70% of our GDP. So let's talk a little bit now about how the virus has really transformed the way that most Americans are spending their money. And I think that it's realistic to believe that this has had a profound effect on the way that we actually purchase things. There's been sweeping upheavals to the economy, and we've seen radical changes to how people are spending their money. We've seen a lot of things essentially grind to a halt. You know, we saw airplanes, restaurants, sports arenas completely empty. We saw whole seasons from sports just be completely written off for the year. And we saw so many different things that were closed. So the interesting thing about this is we've actually seen the sharpest decline in consumer spending that we have ever seen before. And that is according to research from Wilmington Trust. Very interesting. Sharpest decline, biggest impact on GDP then that we've ever seen before. So let's talk about how things have gone down with this and where we're seeing people spend money and where we're seeing people not spend money. So there are some companies like uh, the big stores like Walmart, Amazon, Uber Eats, they've seen spikes in purchases. However, customers of other businesses have definitely stopped spending. So there's a lot of data that show that um, certain things have had big spikes in, in purchases. We're spending more money there. And certain things have had a huge pullback. Okay, so one of the things that I think is kind of obvious is probably that grocery sales are way up because people started cooking at home more. What I don't think that people understand, though, is how big of an impact that was. So for the week that ended on March 18th, there in that week, there was a 79% increase in grocery store purchases from that same period the year before. Okay, that is crazy. 79% increase. I mean, that's just a phenomenal increase. And there were runs on a lot of household staples, like y'all know about the toilet paper shortages, but there was also runs on pasta, flour, and soap. And all of a sudden, canned goods were like flying off the shelves. I mean, I don't know the last time some people bought canned vegetables, (laughs) but at my local grocery store, there was empty shelves where the canned goods were supposed to be. So things flew off the shelf. Now, That has settled down a little bit. So if we look at the week of April 1st, sales were still up, but they were only still up by 7%. So it had a huge, massive impact, and then it started to dwindle down. So we saw other winners come out of this grocery store run beyond just the grocery stores. What they were were grocery delivery services. So companies that had the foresight to partner with grocery stores to do the deliveries of groceries have had big increases in their productivity. 
And we also saw meal kit services just take off. So those pre-made meal kits where they're sending you things in the mail to make your meals, those really had a rapid expansion as well. Another big change in how people spent their money, of course, has to do with travel. I mean, travel just slumped. And by no you know, means the fault of the travel companies. But when we have stay at home orders, then that basically killed the travel industry. So like spending on airlines, hotels, cruises, rental cars, all of those industries kind of screeched to a halt. And you also saw companies who do the online travel booking have a huge impact too. So any of the online travel services really had a massive downturn. And we haven't really seen winners emerge in the travel sector yet. It's really been nothing but a downward spiral for the travel companies. Now, restaurant sales obviously also plummeted. And what's interesting about this is that in past recessions, service industries and restaurants actually weathered the storm fairly well. But this time, because of the social distancing, because of the inability to have any kind of dining and eating for a long time, then we saw restaurant services around the country really just go downhill. But the restaurants that were able to pivot and adapt and move to takeout were able to weather the storm. So it really depended on how well they were able to pivot because after the initial surge at the grocery store, people did start turning to takeout and delivery services from restaurants to really fill a significant chunk of their food consumption. So we've seen those things, the food delivery services, again, really, really take off. Now, let's look at how we're spending our money on the media and on entertainment. This is really kind of mixed because there's a lot of uh, winners and losers in this. So we have sports complexes. We have sporting um, seasons. We have, you know, uh, athletic clubs and things like that that really just bore the brunt of this. Movie theaters are not allowed to be open or were not allowed. Themes parks were closed. Clubs, concert halls. We've seen entire concert series and seasons just be canceled right and left. So there's a lot of entertainment and media that hasn't done well. However, on the flip side, spending on video game services and streaming services has kicked up a notch like we have never seen before. So that's a very interesting thing. And speaking of streaming services, one of the biggest winners of all of this has been online meeting streaming services. So we've seen companies who normally did face-to-face type of seminars move to webinars online. We've seen companies who used to have all of their meetings done in the office move to calls that are on one of the services online like zoom or like um go to meeting or like microsoft teams there's a whole slew of different companies out there that do these online meetings and for the most part those companies have really thrived during this now because of that we are starting to see companies come out and say huh i guess i don't really need this fancy office turns out My people can perform just as well at home as they can if they're in the office. And we've had other companies say, huh, I really do need the brick and mortar 
because my people aren't being productive. (laughs) So you can kind of go both ways with that, but it will be interesting to see how this all impacts commercial real estate in the future if more companies decide they do want to save money by keeping employees working remotely. All right, the next thing that I want to talk about is shopping on how we're spending money on healthcare. And this is really kind of an interesting one because healthcare spending has fallen even though we're in a health pandemic. And that is because the um, services that were not considered essential were shut down. So people weren't spending money on things. There's also a weird phenomenon that's happened though that other things that are not considered elective also slowed down. So I saw health insurance companies like Aetna report that they've seen some things that are slower than normal, like less heart attacks, less strokes, and less appendectomies. Now, I don't understand why or how that's happening right now, (laughs) but nevertheless, it's something that money is being spent on less now than it normally is. We also see less money was spent on services to promote your health, like gyms, fitness clubs, things like that. And because people weren't going out as much, we saw less money being spent on beauty products. which makes sense. And uh, so anyway, now that the industries are reopening, some of those things are likely to pop back up. Some of those spendings are likely to pop back up. But in any event, that's kind of an overview, an interesting look to help you really understand the concept that where you choose to spend your money has a major impact on our overall economy and how Americans as a whole choose to spend their money more or less, has a major impact on our overall GDP and our economy. It's all connected. So I hope that's been interesting information for you to understand how every time you spend a dollar, you're impacting the economy. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Stirk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data. Rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The word is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. 
Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.